0: locked on podcast network and odyssey present locked on sports today
1: ohio state showed it doesn't have to score 50 to beat a top team florida proved that rankings are just numbers and if you want to compete in a crowded amc west just go get russell wilson i'm peter Bukowski. starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports you're locked on sports today
2: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. For one glorious weekend, college football takes center stage without the specter of the NFL, and we got some big time matchups. Really, the only game that lived up to the hype when it comes to these big time matchups was Ohio State, Notre Dame. And even that one uh through about a half was a little bit of a struggle. Ohio State pulls it out 21 to 10 with a late surge from CJ Stroud and company over the Notre Dame fighting. Irish joining me now from Locked On Buckeyes, Jay Stevens. And Jay, what are you gonna take away more from this game? A sort of sluggish first half when Notre Dame is leading at halftime or the second half when Ohio State seemed to get it in gear a little bit offensively and defensively.
0: I think the biggest takeaway is that Ohio State found a way to win the game. A year ago, if this was a fight in the week one against Notre Dame, Notre Dame wins that game easily, probably by two touchdowns, because Ohio State wasn't the tougher team in most games last year. They struggled in a lot of ways to be in physical matchups. Those were the games that they really struggled in, and their weaknesses Got exposed, so I think really it's just that Ohio State, when they needed to grind out a win, when they needed to grind out a long drive, they found a way to to do that. So it's really the biggest takeaway to me. I can gripe about the offense, I can complain about Stroud, get complain about so many other things, coaching, play calling, situational play calling, whatever you want to you want you want to say. They found a way to win. Week one, top five matchup in prime time. All eyeballs are on these two schools these two brands, and the Buckeyes found a way to win, that's the biggest takeaway to me.
1: And if you want to hear all the griping, Locked on Buckeyes, wherever you get podcasts, <laughs> Jay is doing that every single day, I promise. All right, let me ask you this question um, in in the same sort of way about a different topic. Jackson Smith and the Jigba, potentially the best receiver in college football, future first-round pick potentially as well. The Buckeyes win this game with two catches for three yards from him because he's dealing with an injury. Are you? More heartened that this team was able to win a game without potentially their best skill player or more concerned about their ability to, in the future, beat
0: these top teams if his health is a question? I think if his health is a question, by say four weeks, four, five, six, seven, I think it's more of a concern. I think right now it was a big win not just because of that, but you mentioned it so well. He only played, I think, what, 15 plays? Like it wasn't that he didn't play that many, that many snaps in the grand scheme of things when you had offensive linemen who played, I think, four of the five old linemen from Ohio State, played all 71 offensive snaps. And so you're thinking about, well, your best receiver, possibly your first round, first round pick, and Ohio State found a way to win this game. That's another huge, like, stepping stone and building block you can take. Also, a, a guy who caught a touchdown pass, David Johnson, wasn't a guy who was a scholarship guy once he got to Ohio State. So when you get, once you get, like, past, like, the surface, getting to more of the nitty-gritty nerd notes, you realize his injury, I mean, it sucks. Like, you don't want to see a guy get hurt. But you do like to see the other guy step up in big ways. And so if this were, like, a week five, six, seven where his injury Is lingering into those games. We're getting into like a lot of the tougher Big Ten games. I'd be a little concerned. It's week one against Notre Dame. The Buckeyes won that game. Luckily, there are a couple cupcakes coming up over the next couple weeks. I sure hope that Njigba is able to get healthy because after that, the Buckeyes will need him on the field. Stay up to date
1: on all the things. Buckeyes, the. Ohio State University, by subscribing to Locked on Sports today and the Locked on Buckeyes podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked on Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Florida showed why preseason rankings are just boilerplate material. Here's what to look for on BetOnline, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. Here's the top eight teams most likely to win the AFC in 2022, according to Bet Online. The Bills at plus three fifty. The Kansas City Chiefs at six to one. The Chargers right behind them at plus six fifty. The defending AFC champs plus eight fifty with the Bengals. Baltimore Ravens are at nine to one. The Colts eleven to one. The Broncos at twelve to one. And the Raiders at eighteen to one. Bet online where the game starts.
2: Now here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: What has long been telegraphed is now official. Mitch Trubisky is the Pittsburgh Steelers starting quarterback for the season opener at Cincinnati on Sunday. Trubisky is listed as the first-string quarterback on the team's first official depth chart, landing the job over first-round draft pick Kenny Pickett and longtime Steelers backup Mason Rudolph. Rudolph is listed as the second-team quarterback while Pickett is the third team QB. Earlier Monday, Trubisky was named a team captain. The 28-year-old was voted one of five team captains, along with running backs Najee Harris, Cam Hayward, linebacker TJ Watt, and safety special teamer Miles Killebrew. There's always a wonder about players in the midst of contract negotiations and whether they will be wholly focused on the game, even if, of course, they're not in the room negotiating every day. John Harbaugh wants there to be no doubt that Lamar Jackson is laser focused. When asked if he thought it would be a distraction, Harbaugh said no. Lamar has been focused on the season, he's been under contract, and he's going to have the best season he can have. Jackson missed the voluntary workouts this spring for the first time in his five-year career, but the former NFL MVP reported on time for training camp and didn't miss a practice all summer. My interactions with Lamar have been all football. He's been focused and locked in on that, 100% from a football standpoint added. Will it be Flacco time after all? The New York Jets cast some doubt on their quarterback situation for week one, announcing Monday that Zach Wilson worked out for the first time since he had arthroscopic knee surgery August 16th. Coach Robert Sala said it's possible that Wilson could start Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens, although the realistic outcome is that Wilson will get at least another week to heal. Looked good, felt good, Salah said of Wilson's workout. We're going to see how the knee responds today and tomorrow, and we'll have an answer for everybody on Wednesday. Remember, on Sunday games, Wednesday practice reports, for the first time, the teams have to disclose these kinds of statuses on injured players. And the Arizona Diamondbacks showed the San Diego Padres that it ain't over yet.
3: Can the D-backs always start rookies making their starting debut against the San Diego Padres? Because last year, it was Tyler Gilbert, first Major League star against the Padres, no hitter. And then tonight, Ryan Nelson, seven shutout innings in the D-backs, 5 nothing victory. Miller Thomas, I've locked on D-backs here to tell you that Ryan Nelson might be that guy because we knew he was a dude that relied heavily on the fastball in the minor leagues a guy with high heat and he displayed that in his first major league start i believe 58 of his 87 pitches were fastballs at one point retired 17 straight san diego padres batters and that fastball did average 95 miles an hour in this game so a nice breath of fresh air because there's not a lot of d-back starters that throw the heat and the gas like a ryan nelson d-backs might have found themselves another nice young pitcher in ryan nelson to add to With Tommy Henry already. And you also saw the offense, Stone Garrett, home run, double, Josh Rojas, and Jake McCarthy wreaking havoc on the bases. The D backs are now eight games behind the Padres and the Phillies in the wild card standing. So the season ain't over yet, folks. The D-Backs are slowly creeping closer and making it an interesting race. And hopefully they can do that against the Padres who they play six more times this season more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight check out the lock on Diamondbacks podcast
0: here is another story you need to know
1: it felt like a bit of role reversal a, a top 10 team takes on an upstart program trying to make its way in the world Utah against Florida you know how that normally goes except it was Utah coming in number seven it was the Florida Gators trying to make a name for themselves and reestablish themselves in the college football hierarchy. Thanks to Anthony Richardson, they did just that in a 29-26 win. Richardson, with some pressed digitation at the end, he had 11 rushes for 106 yards and three touchdowns and the clinching two-point conversion at the end. Brandon Olson from Locked On Gators joins me now. And and Brandon, what can this win against a top-10 team, albeit against Utah, not exactly a blue-blood,
2: What can this do to propel this team forward? Uh, I mean, I I think we're fine saying that Billy Napier has kind of answered the question because the biggest question this offseason and leading into this game particularly was all of the miscues and the weaknesses from last year. Could Billy Napier turn it around in just these nine months that he's had to work with these guys? There were still a lot of errors. There were, and Billy Napier even said that he he started the press conference off. He's like, we overcame a lot of mistakes, but it, it was just indicative that the Florida Gators, unlike Texas, Florida's back. Unlike Texas. I had to throw a little bit of shade
1: there, Brandon. I appreciate that. So Anthony Richardson looks like a superstar, or at least has that kind of ability. There was the highlight play at the end where he he flips out of what looked like a sure sack. But it's not like the passing was pinpoint there's still certainly some things for him to work on but what is the ceiling for a player like this in florida right now there isn't
2: one like I, it's just i've been saying this for a long time i feel like i'm one of anthony richardson's harshest critics where i go yes he is one of the most physically gifted human beings on the planet people that size don't move the way that anthony richardson moves and if they do they can't throw the ball 70 yards in the air like he can but there have been plenty of instances where the accuracy was not there we saw it Even this Saturday, missing Justin Shorter, leading him a little too far on something as simple as a slant. That's an error that can't be had, really. He had one dropped interception where he rolled to his left, kept fading back, and then just threw it into traffic. Things like that can't happen. But mechanically, Anthony Richardson looks different than he did last year. Uh, Intellectually, he is different than he was last year. I don't know why they didn't necessarily – test Utah deep here. Utah had two new starting safeties. And I mean, you kind of got one of the strongest arms in the, in all the college football right now. I don't know if it was, we can't make these errors against Utah and still win the game, or if it was just a lack of trust in Anthony Richardson right now. But I think if he really does get it going, you're looking at an elite quarterback.
1: Make, make me a path to Florida being back, baby.
2: I mean, it, it comes down to every game on this schedule is winnable. You just have to win, I think, one of Georgia or Texas A&M. LSU, I mean, they showed they're not back. Tennessee and Kentucky, they're overrated as it was. I'm not butting on them. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not butting on those guys. So I think you look at Texas A&M on the road at Kyle Field. If you could win that game, that was one of the most hostile environments. In college football and then winning that Georgia game in Jacksonville I mean it's I know it's a neutral site and it's close to Florida but he's he's still got a little bit of a road there to go so I think if you can win one of those games it it very much shows that this team is back but I think even the Utah game Utah is not a team that just rolls over for anyone and they didn't roll over on Saturday night but Florida overcame the Many mistakes that they made, whether it was defensively or offensively, just just fumbling and getting a lucky bounce and recovering your own fumble there. But Billy Napier is trying to put this thing together. He's got his quarterback that can lead the way, at least for this year. I think he might be back next year unless he does have a Heisman campaign this year. But I think that all the tools are there. You've got players at the key positions that you need. It's just a matter of can you put it together on a consistent basis because making the errors that Florida made on Saturday night If you make those in more games, you're going to lose those games. They got lucky beating Utah because Utah also made errors. But you got to clean it up.
1: Stay up to date all season long on the Florida Gators by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Gators podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, to compete in a packed AFC West, all you need is Russell Wilson. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today. With the NFL season kicking off, Sleeper is climbing the charts with over 4 million users. In addition, they just launched 22 new features, including an over-under integrated fantasy game, the first sports contest built into the fantasy experience. Not only can you enter a contest via over-under itself, but you can also do so through your fantasy league's matchup screen. It is super simple. In any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over, the under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. You're not getting those payouts anywhere else. And it's all there in the app. You probably already use the sleeper app for your fantasy team. I do in my fantasy league. So it's all right there for you with a built-in group chat option so you can talk that smack that I know you want to talk that I might send a message or two to let people know what's going to happen. Go and join the listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash locked on today and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash locked on today and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details, the Denver Broncos have been miles behind the Chiefs and Chargers in the AFC West in recent years, and there's one simple thing that's been holding them back: the presence of a good quarterback. Locked on Broncos co-host Sarah Bettinger joins Locked on NFL host Kevin Ostriker and conveyed his belief that Russell Wilson
4: brings the Broncos back to the table. I feel like he renews kind of your championship hopes as a franchise, and and that's all that you can ask in the NFL. You have to have quarterback play in order to get there in the end and to be there in the end yeah, and that's just the way that it is especially in the afc west where you're going up against patrick mahomes you're going up against justin herbert Derek carr those different types of things even just coming out of that gauntlet is going to be huge but just for the broncos to get to the playoffs to have a guy like russell wilson that's battle tested a guy that's you know played mvp caliber football before what more could you ask if you're the denver broncos right now with two other teams in the division all due respect to the raiders and Derek carr but you've got two teams in the division that have superstars that they've drafted within the last five years and that's not something that you can just go out and say compete with right you can't just say well we'll just draft somebody and it'll work out I mean that doesn't happen for every NFL team right and the Broncos have found that out the hard way over the last six years since Peyton Manning has been gone but now you have a quarterback that can give you that MVP caliber play for an extended period of time to me that that I mean, it gives you the chance to compete against Mahomes. It gives you the chance to compete long-term against Justin Herbert. Even Derek Carr with Devontae Adams, Josh McDaniels, they'll do a good job. So I think that's, that exactly is why he's the right guy for this team. He's going to be able to give the Broncos a fighting chance in a division where they previously didn't really have one. What I
1: think is so fascinating about this is they're absolutely right. Russell Wilson does elevate this Broncos team, which was still... A decent team last year with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater under center, Russell Wilson elevates them to a significant degree. The problem is they're still behind the Chiefs and the Chargers. So, yes, Russell Wilson helps close the gap in a way that they couldn't before with the quarterbacks that they had, but they're still playing third fiddle, not even second fiddle, third fiddle in their own division. And... They're behind teams like the Bills in the AFC hierarchy as a whole. So, yes, do you go out and get Russell Wilson for what they paid 10 times out of 10? Absolutely, yes, you do. This is not about the wisdom of that trade. That was a good trade. Go try and get better. Go try and win the Super Bowl. The problem is they they play in the most loaded division in the league. It's not even a guarantee. They're the third best team in this division. They may not even be the third most talented team in this division. That might be the Las Vegas Raiders with all the skill position players that they have. And I don't know, is Russell Wilson really that far from Derek Carr? Is he that far ahead of him? Because I think Mahomes and Herbert are ahead of Russell Wilson still in a significant and meaningful way particularly because we've seen Russell Wilson over the last few years as the legs have come down, as he has scrambled less and made fewer plays running the ball, he has not been able to keep his high explosive playmaking at the same level. So is he in that elite quarterback group anymore? I don't think so. Is he much better than what they had last year? Sure, and that's good, but they're still not in the class with the Chargers and the Chiefs. And finally, I felt like the world stopped. I couldn't hear anything for a minute. Francis Tiafo's vision was blurry from the tears. He was thrilled, overwhelmed even, when the last point was over and it hit him that, yes, he had ended Rafael Nadal's 22-match Grand Slam winning streak Monday and reached the U.S. Open quarterfinals for the first time. Tiafo is the youngest American man to get this far at the U.S. Open since Andy Roddick in 2006. He said it wasn't anything supposed to be like this. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Wednesday, who is the biggest sleeper in the 22 NFL season? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.